Kobe Manzo. And with that, welcome back to Division One Rejects, Episode Ten. We have a little bit of a change of scenery here. We're in my basement while we're over break. Joined by uh, new faces to maybe the in-person part of the podcast. Both these guys have been on. Uh-oh. Hunter Chambers, Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech. And Drew Carpenter from Northwood. What's going on, Drew? First guest. Remember that. First second, and second guest. guest. Second guest. Remember that. Big First time. First on-phone guest. Oh, Big man. time crew here. Only FaceTime guest. But we've Get got a packed episode today with a lot of great conversation. We've got two guests Coming up on the podcast today, the first of which is Coach Garland from the Ellsworth Community College in Iowa Falls, Iowa. He's the D-line coach there. And then we will be joined by Ari Curtis later on, who is one of the defensive linemen that Hunter and I played with in high school. Yes, former teammate from Lake Orion, who's playing um, underneath Coach Garland, actually, at Ellsworth Community College. So those will be two great conversations. But after that, we are going to get into the main topic of conversation for today, which is the two weeks of Lions football against the Panthers and P.J. Walker, the XFL star, and then the Thanksgiving game against Houston, which have been two weeks of absolute depression. So after that, we'll wrap things up with a little bit of Big Ten football matchups and some action talk um, to show love to a little bit of everyone here in the uh, Midwest region as far as football goes. But per usual, the podcast will be available for viewing on YouTube. You'll check out the video version of the podcast. And there are some clips from Ari's highlight reel that you might want to see later. So uh, maybe give that a a check on YouTube. Otherwise, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your freaking podcast. I think right now we're split pretty much but evenly between Spotify and Apple Podcasts. What about YouTube? I watch uh, on YouTube every like the, week. YouTube's the largest portion, I was, but I, I mean, audio-wise. I was on Spotify. Audio-wise? Spotify guy? I didn't yeah. realize Apple Podcasts you was You would so be a Spotify guy. Well, when you get, you know, I'm still Apple mooching. Music. I'm Apple still music. mooching off of my girlfriend's Spotify account, so I'm not even paying, to be honest. Hey. Shout out to Carson Duff. Shout out Carson. Yeah, shout out shout Carson. Carson. Great turkey day with Carson Idiot. yesterday. But let's get right into this conversation with Coach Garland. Joining us today on Division One Rejects, we've got the current D-line coach and academic coordinator at Ellsworth Community College and the JUCO product himself out of Grand Rapids Community College before he graduated at William Penn. This guy's been a grad assistant at Wayne State at the GLIAC level, also has a ton of coaching experience at the high school level. It's Coach Garland. How's it going, Coach? Hey, good morning, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a privilege to have you on. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day this Friday before a great weekend of football. But uh, I know you told me you're in Michigan for the weekend. You are from Michigan then, I take it? Uh, yep, yep. From, uh, you know, Warren, Michigan. Graduated from Warren Fitzgerald in uh, 2000 uh, over in Macomb County. Awesome, awesome. Now, how was your holiday? I'm assuming a little bit different with the uh, circumstances going on right now. Yep, yep. I'm, uh, a little different, but, you know, Still good to, you know, see family and, and my brothers and stuff. And, you know, definitely it was a small gathering, like six or seven. But, you know, that's all you, all you need. That's all I was looking for. Yeah, it takes everyone. That's what the uh, the NFL keeps saying. It takes everyone. All it takes is one person or one group to slip up, and uh, that would impact your whole school. So I'm glad that uh, you guys are taking that seriously. But tell me about this guerrilla unit that you've got down in Iowa and the identity you guys are building there. Uh, so, you know, when I was over at, uh, you know, Wayne State, GA in there under, uh, you know, Coach Cass, who's, uh, you know, been a D-line coach over at Wayne State for about 15, 16 years. Okay. You know, that they were called uh, D-line dogs. So, you know, I just wanted to – and the kids, they took after that pretty well. And, you know, that's for 15 years, you know, that's the cycle of players going through. And, you know, that's their identity. They take it and run with it. So, you know, once I got to Ellsworth, I wanted to – you know, find something that would stick and, and that the players would like. And, you know, I just came up with G-Unit or Gorilla Unit, 
you know, just because when I was playing and coming up, I was a big 50 Cent fan. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's what we call ourselves. And, you know, the guys, they took took, took it and run with it, man. And, you know, we always use the, the hashtag G-Unit or, I love you know, it. the grill emoji. And, and, and the kids love it, man. That's awesome. That's just to have that, like, distinct identity. I think that's awesome. But how long, I forget, you've been at uh, Ellsworth for a few years now, right? Have you had a chance to really um, start to solidify that identity with your guys? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to, this will be my second, uh, actually, I'm in my second year now. Okay, okay. Uh, got there April 1st, 2019. And, yeah, man, I kind of, you know, hit the ground running. It was funny because I had literally drove, I had three days to, you know, prepare and get ready. Man. Made the drive from uh, Detroit all the way to Iowa. And as soon as I got there, we had first day of spring practice. So, you know, I kind of just hit the floor running, man. And, you know, actually, you know, we didn't have the record we wanted. But, you know, I wound up having All-American up front. Now I have Southern Illinois. That's uh, awesome. another one to Western Illinois and three more Division Two. So, you know, Holy it was definitely God. a productive year, you know, my first year there. so Productive year. Shoot, it sounds like it, man. I saw you had the chance <laughs> to uh, speak at this year's National All, Co- All Sports Coaches Summit. Excuse me. And we talked a little bit earlier, at least I mentioned it, your wealth of knowledge as far as coaching at all these different levels and different levels of experience. So tell me, I personally don't know too much about that event and what it entails. So tell me what that experience was like for you. Uh, it was it was a great experience. You know, obviously it was a little different because uh, you know, it was something virtual online but, you know Yep. It was through it was through Zoom, so I kinda was prepared for it because, you know, when the pandemic first started, you know, we had to do a lot of, you know, Zoom meetings with our, our of course. players and stuff. So, you know, I was kinda I was uh prepared for it. It was my first time even hearing of it myself. Um, it was it was awesome though. You had, you know, just a, a lot of coaches all the way from division one down to you know, the JUCO level, and it was sports all over from, you know, volleyball, wrestling, uh, basketball, <laughs> track and field. So it was a little something of everything, man, but, you know, a lot of coaches with a, with a lot of knowledge and, you know, talking about everything. Sweet. So it really is like all sports coaches summit. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that it probably should have been inherent when reading the name. Um, but how important do you think it is to be a part of that community of coaches? I know you mentioned it was virtual and over zoom as are so many events now because of this pandemic, but how important still to be in that community um, to learn from other coaches and maybe critique other coaches and just develop your own coaching mindset. How important do you think that is? Uh, I think it's very important. You know, like, you know, they say, you know, uh, great coaches learn from other great coaches. So, you know, just had that mixture, and, and now it's just, you know, not all of it was X's and O's or, or about schemes, but, you know, just, you know, just different stuff about, you know, uh, players and, and how to deal with players and, you know, just being in that community environment, camaraderie, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Yeah, because obviously coaching is much more than X's and O's. It's about developing – um, in your case, young kids coming out of high school and trying to turn them into men that are going to go play at some big-time schools, which obviously you've been doing even in your first season. You've pumped out a ton of guys that are going to play at some awesome universities. But we're going to have Ari Curtis on, who I played with in high school, and now you've got the chance to coach at Ellsworth. What has your experience been at Ellsworth recruiting guys from Michigan and other areas? Um, how do you get through that? Because I know coming out of high school for a lot of guys, JUCO is not number one on the list. So how do you kind of uh, circumvent that and get guys to show up uh, at Ellsworth? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, like, you know, my, my thing is like, I want guys that, you know, think or, you know, have the ability to play at the highest level, whether yeah. that's, you know, division one or division two. And, and, you know, just try to tell them and tell them about JUCO ball, what it is. It's definitely like, you know, a kid feels like, you know, they're under recruited. 
that's a good way to get re-recruited and, you know, get to the highest level that they, they want to play at, you know. So, you know, prime example, I have a young man now who's from Michigan. Uh, he didn't have really a lot of stuff coming out of high school, but, you know, the past two weeks, uh, he just committed to uh, the University of Houston. So, Man, I did see that know, on your Twitter, actually. I think I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just want to want to do that, man. Like I said, just want to get guys, you know, that can play at their highest ability or, you know, just try to get them to where they want to go at the end of the day. Man, Gorilla Unit, let's go, man. Um, That's awesome. I think um, I would assume that you – being a guy that played at the JUCO level is a huge part to play in that kind of just to tell these guys from your own personal experience that you've gone through basically the same thing that they're going through right now. Do you think that has a huge pull on those guys and uh, making a great connection with them? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, just for the simple fact that I've been through it, I lived through it. So, you know, I got a better understanding of what they're going through and, you know, it's definitely you really found out a lot about yourself and, and, you know, you kind of like build a lot, a lot of character through this time just because, you know, at the JUCO level, it's kind of selfish. But at the end of the day, you learn a lot just because, you, you know, you learn something you won't get, you know, usually at yeah. the four-year or five-year university. Awesome. Well, that kind of – that's a good segue into the next thing I got for you here, which is you just mentioned that you're in your second year now at Ellsworth, and I wanted to ask you how different is it having guys for only two years at the junior college level compared to being uh, able to coach and develop them over a four-year period like you would have at a Wayne State where you're a grad assistant or even at the high school level where you're getting kids potentially um, for three or four years on that varsity squad. Does that affect the way you coach at all? And, like, you know, knowing that you only have a certain amount of time with these guys? Yeah, it it definitely – you just got to speed things up, you know, and uh, just try to keep it as simple as possible. So, you know, I, I come in with the mindset is, of course, these guys have been playing football all their life, but I come in there, you know, with the mindset is they pretty much know nothing. And I just try to keep it as basic as possible to, okay. you know, they feel comfortable and I feel comfortable then just progress, you know, progress it and, and t- continue to teach it really. Yeah. All right. I love that. Um, now, being from Michigan, does that mean you're a Lions fan or no? Yeah, man, you got to okay. stick with the hometown. I'm definitely a Lions fan. You know, been through a lot of rough, hard years, man. But, <laughs> you know, I, I come in there with the mindset every year is that they're going to do bad, so I can't be disappointed. So then, when, you know, they, they get them wins, then I, I say, oh, uh, I that, feel yeah. a little bit better. Low expectations. The bar has certainly been set low. And now spinning right <laughs> off of that, do you think that you could step into Patricia's um, shoes right now, excuse me, and have – um, maybe a little bit better circumstances there in Detroit? Uh, I wouldn't even want to, man. Being a head coach, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of responsibility being a head yes, coach. Yes, it is. I have no aspirations of being a head coach. I just want to be man. a defensive line coach. That's it. That's it, man. I think that's that's kind of an interesting perspective, too, because um, a lot of people would look at that and say, you know, why would you not want to do that? That's technically a jump, right, up the coaching ladder. But why? I mean, obviously, you've got a passion to coach um, that position, but is that is that really it, just that passion to coach that position and those guys? Yeah, I think, you know, like, you know, once you get up to, you know, the highest level and, you know, being a head coach or even, even a coordinator, for example, man, you, you're dealing with egos and, you know. Very you true. Gotta, you know, worry about if guys are doing the right thing or whatever. So, you know, I just I just love being a position coach, man, and, and I just really want to perfect this craft. And, you know, I tell my guys I'm literally like them, man. I'm trying to get to the highest level where I'm trying to go. So Let's we kind of, you know, just try to feed off each other, you know, with that in my position group. I love that perspective. I don't think I actually uh, hear that too often. So it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear that. Uh, my last thing for you, 
being a guy, we've talked about it. You played at the JUCO level. Now you're coaching there. You've had all this experience. If you've got any advice for a kid who's coming out of high school expecting to go to a big-time university and that just doesn't end up happening for whatever reason, what advice would you give to a kid like that probably going to play at a JUCO level? Man, I would tell him, you know, like you feel, you know, as the coach told me, you know, always bet on yourself and, and be confident. And I think, you know, if, you know, the more uh, young young people and, and young males, you know, understand the JUCO level, you know, you feel like you're under-recruited. Yeah. You want to go to that, you know, Division One or Division Two level, you know, bet on yourself, man. And, and you know, take that, that chance to go on JUCO and, man, get everything you want out of it. And, you know, depending on if you're a qualifier, you can come out of there in four months. Or if you're a non-qualifier, you know, do your two years, handle your business in the classroom and, and get out of there. Four months, man. I didn't even know it could be that quick of a turnaround. That's that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, Coach, yeah. really appreciate your time coming on here today and uh, your uh, your awesome perspective. That's something I haven't heard too much, but I really appreciate your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, get some, some of those answers from uh, my boy Ari, man. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of your holiday. All right. Thank you too, Kobe. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you. All right. We're back. Coach Garland. Coach Garland was the dude. Dude, he, he had some great points, and it was fun talking to him. He was an awesome guy. I didn't um, – I don't know what I expected, to be honest. I know I've had very limited uh, communication with him up until this point, but I think his perspective um, of not wanting to be in that coordinator or head coach role, that's something that I don't see at all often or even at a, all. A super humble guy. And he, very like what humble. he said, he, was, he wanted to perfect his craft, and that's yeah. awesome, just D-line. And he said he wanted to move up, which hopefully he does one day. Yeah, seriously, I think, and, um, you know, we'll talk to Ari Curtis later on, so stick around for that, but um, he talked about being a player's coach, and Ari touches on that again, and I think that level of transparency, like, back and forth, like, literally, like, he's the dude, like, Ari will talk about later on, he, like, is there, he's going to tell you how to do it, but then he's going to go ahead and show you how to do it. Put and, like, your hand that, in the dirt, yeah. he's going to put your hand put, in He's going to turn his hat backwards and show you how to do it yourself. Let's go, I love that, um, but anyways, we'll get right into the, uh, the meat and potatoes here of the podcast. Uh, turkey, turkey Day reference. Day. Oh, there we go. We go. We'll get right into the meat crispy. potatoes of the podcast here. And we've got the Matt Stafford signed Lions football on the table here because the last two weeks have been two weeks of disappointment and uh, mental health decline uh, as well, <laughs> as well known as Detroit Lions football. Me. Oh, um, oh, my gosh. Breaking news. The Detroit Lions still suck at football. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was holding wow. that one in. I was oh holding my. that one in. Oh, my. Oh we've, been, we've been wishing for a different type of breaking news, that being uh, Fat Matt gone from the Detroit franchise. But um, maybe in the next hour we'll get that. I don't, I'm not very optimistic. Qu- question I'm going to start with. At the beginning when we hired Matt Patricia, were you guys excited? Were yes. you excited? Be honest. Were because nine and seven wasn't good enough, and I we thought we were yes, better than that. Because also from the past of the Patriots to the Lions, we've had some good success coming from there. And Did we though? Did we though? I think so. Bob player Quinn, wise, Bob Quinn was doing good. In player first wise too. Years. Okay. From that organization, okay. like they were nine and seven. Because like I, I'm saying myself, I I remember I was pretty excited because I was like, yeah, nine and seven, maybe we can like make the playoffs, win a game. And that was the point when he yeah. when he came in originally when we got rid of Caldwell was that we need to be making deep playoff runs. Three three winning seasons in a row for Caldwell. But hold on, you got to remember that. Let's yeah. three, let's listen. He to never this. didn't have a losing record as a Lions. Coach. Let's think about this. Matt Patricia's last game in New England, they were down twenty eight to three. Think about that. Man, yeah, they, and man, like, you gotta be feeling you good. Look, you got, you gotta look at you that. Gotta be like, you good. gotta be you feeling gotta, good. You gotta be feeling good. You gotta be like, oh, he just came off a Super Bowl victory. Like, exactly, this is our guy. the top of the world. But last Sunday was quite the opposite. 
shut out by the three and seven Panthers. They're now four and seven because of the win against us. They put up 20 points behind the XFL's MVP, PJ Walker. PJ, Let's talk about PJ. PJ. He played at Temple under Matt Rule. And it was funny. They showed a graphic during the game. I think there's like six or seven guys from that team that ended up circling back and are now with Carolina. Even some staff members, too, that he brought, which I don't think is uncommon for a head coach Not to do that. At all, yeah. um, but I think that was awesome. He is an undrafted free agent in 2017 before ultimately being released. Finding an opportunity with the Houston Roughnecks and the XFL. I will say, when he was picked up by the Colts in 2017, he was behind Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett. He right? was on the practice mm-hmm. squad, correct? Yeah. So he was, but he was still. But I he mean, was on, he was on the team. He was on the practice. He's also yeah. learning to be in the presence of those two yeah, guys who learning. are both leading franchises now, correct? No, Jacoby's I mean, well, behind Jacoby Brissett behind Phillip. Yeah, but I think Jacoby's a good quarterback. He was Andrew last Luck, year, though, correct? He was an yes. average quarterback last year. And Andrew Luck is Andrew at Luck's your, gone you know, now. Yeah, regular retirement home. But P.J. Walker, man, his XFL stats were awesome. 15 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards. Did have four interceptions, but that ratio is incredible. 104 passer rating. He was electric to watch play against a lot of great football players. As a former XFL Defenders fan, I wanted to see that Roughneck <laughs> Defender game. I know. That would have been legendary. That been a, that would have been the game of the XFL. And hey, when defenders my defenders come off. back and win the XFL trophy, whatever it's called, when my defenders do that. 2022. Can you smell it? too? 2022. The Can Rock's cooking, it? baby. <laughs> the Rock, obviously heading up um, the resurrection, the second resurrection of the, the XFL, XFL, which really doesn't even stand for anything. I realize it's not even like the Extreme Football League or anything. It's, it's just, just the XFL. Oh, that would have been really sweet. Though. Like, how badass is that? I think it's just the XFL. Um, but anyways, The Rock's getting that. They got a Black Friday sale going on, but uh, no free shout-outs. So Thanksgiving no Day, we'll go back to the Lions here. Thanksgiving Day. We start strong in typical Lions fashion. I think that's typical. the one thing that we have done game in and game out is, like, go and score or, like, get everybody's hopes up before we eventually let them down. Um, but we start with an opening touchdown on that drive, and that was, like, the fifth or sixth game in a row. The Houston's have, Houston Texans have let up a touchdown on the opening drive. So not very impressive when you look at the stats. Um, but we were showing promise, especially in the run game, without that Swift. first drive. Yes. In, uh, well, we didn't quarter. throw the ball for, like, uh, 10 yeah. plays. Adrian Peterson found the fountain of youth. I guess so and... with his Thanksgiving cleats on. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I mean, it was ridiculous. We Donating ran, meals. We ran, like, <laughs> I think we rushed the ball 10 times in a row, which is the most we've done all season. No, I saw something. That was the most we've done it since Matthew Stafford's been there. Was 10 Are runs you serious? In a row. It, was, it was 10 Holy runs in a row, cow. and then they did that, that uh, play action, the pass it to Agnew. Fake it to carry on, pass it to Agnew, and to then Stafford. Matthew Stafford couldn't. Stafford, the tuck rule. Great. I mean, great. Yeah. I love or the, the call. Calvin Johnson rule. I love the call, the Calvin yeah. Johnson rule. That is, that's like setting a precedent, like that, right? Because, like, he didn't. Literally. That's. Do you really think Patricia, it was a catch, though? No, 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 no. no. no Patricia, it there's, no, there's no business for Patricia to even, like, he's sitting there hesitating yeah. with that challenge. Did you flag? see the way he threw the flag, though? It was oh like, oh my uh, gosh, the wimpiest thing. Yeah, like, come on. If I'm a coach, I'm launching that. Jim Schwartz. You only get to do it in a photo. And did you guys see the thing on Twitter where it was Firestone, Martha Firestone? Or what's what's our owner's name now? Sheila Ford. Sheila. Sheila Ford just in the press Martha conference. Firestone. Just, sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes, her face and yeah, the, her and face the was just luck. down and just disappointed. Yeah. I'm surprised between her Fat and Matt's uh, not gone. Between yet. her and uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones was depressed too yeah. on Sundays. So, or no, that was just that was just yesterday. Was right? yesterday. Thursday night football. Sorry, sorry. We'll talk about a little bit about that L- later. Listen to this. Yeah. I got something on Patricia. You know how they call them the defensive guru? Oh right? yeah. Him and, you know, him oh, and, Jim Manzo brings it up every week. Him and Belichick. So I did some research, right? So the Orlovsky coming out. <laughs> Caldwell's first year, the Lions were third in points per game and second in yards per game. His first year. His worst in uh, yards per game was 26th. Matt Patricia, in the last two years, best is 26th. 
in oh. points per game, Patricia went from 16th to 26th to 28th. Caldwell was 3rd, 23rd, 13th, and 21st. So okay. I know it okay. It depends on who you surround your defense with. Yes. And Caldwell had a lot of good defensive coordinators. I think it was Terrell Austin. Was Terrell it? Austin was yeah. a great defensive coordinator. But, but he also wasn't as directly involved. He wasn't a defensive yeah. guru. Yeah. He was on the offensive side. And yes. the Lions struggled on offense when Caldwell was there. But if you're not a defensive guru and you bring in a defensive guru and nothing's changing, are you a defensive guru? No, Are not. you a defensive Okay, guru? but like we said, like I asked at this in the beginning, we were on top of the world when we hired Matt Patricia. For he the was, Lions. For yeah, the Lions. Relatively the speaking. Lions, we were like, yes, like 9-7, yeah. and seven, we're winning a playoff game. But that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Does it all blame on Fat Matt? No, but also... A lot of it. A lot of it a does. Lot of it. A lot of it does, but when you have it's not when you have ten guys in the field, remember that um Dalvin Cook touchdown. Dalvin Cook touchdown. It happened yeah. three times, by the way. Three times when you are missing a defender on the field and one of them goes for seventy yards, that goes directly back to the coaching staff. I mean, should it go directly to the head coach? I don't know. But like you said, when you have that much of a direct emphasis on being a defensive guru and having that involvement in the defense, it doesn't matter. It's going to go to you anyway. So even if it's your, whether yeah. it's your fault or not, all of that um, pent-up aggression from Lions fans is going coming to you like whether you like it or not. Well, you know what's the best part? And this is what I think solidifies the Patricia era. The first game against the Jets where they have the pick six yes. and they're up <laughs> yes. big and we're like, and oh, Sam yeah. Dar- the and then Lions everyone's like, Sam Darnold's the guy. Yeah. The Lions are back. And, and then, then like, oh, my god, Snap. Patricia sucks. And we're horrible. <laughs> Dude, I remember. Was that? Um, that was Monday Night, Night Football. football. Monday Night Football. No, With that pick Diggs. six? Was that was Diggs. Okay. Who's now Diggs. Diggs. doing good in Seattle? Yeah. He's, he's playing he's pretty solid. Bad. He's playing pretty yeah. solid. I mean, yeah. their pass defense is bad. Because yeah. I their feel defense. like they no defense is yeah. bad in general. That's true. That would that'd be why they uh, – well, no, they beat the Cardinals this last time, didn't they? Yeah, and the defense played really well. They really stepped well it up. Game. They stepped it up. What about those Carolina Panthers, though, Kobe? Those Carolina Panthers. Well, let me tell you about those Carolina Panthers. They are getting back two big-time contributors. Really? And we're going to talk about one of them that I think – you need to put a little bit more respect on his name. Ah, He's on my fantasy team for a reason. Christian McCaffrey. Now, I will say, Christian McCaffrey returned to practice um, on Wednesday, but he will not be playing this week because of the shoulder injury that he suffered um, just a few weeks prior. But quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is coming back, and he will make the start this Sunday against his former Teddy team, two gloves? the Minnesota Vikings. I've Teddy Two Gloves is back. He Revenge missed- game. I want to say Christian McCaffrey missed eight of the last nine games, six yep. with a high ankle sprain, which is, in my opinion, the most underrated injury in especially for any a running type back. of sport, especially with the, for a running back. Um, for a guy like him who's just quick and is all about like those quick shifts laterally, mm-hmm. I think just his play style depends on that. Um, it seems like such a minor injury, but like if you're out six weeks, like that's a big-time injury. Comes back against, I believe, Kansas City, and then he had that shoulder injury that put him out in the second half of that game. Um, so please tell me why he is overrated. In yeah, your I want to hear that. Okay, okay. So once again, let's not just think about the Lions game. So the Carolina Panthers are a very bad defensive team. They're the worst yeah. team on third down. They're not great. They're not great. So don't just show their record to thing in anything. They're Mike, young defense. They're too. young defense, yes. Fair. Mike Davis has been putting up great numbers this year. It's true. Mike Davis has been – yes, Christian McCaffrey. He's been playing pretty well. I'm not saying Christian McCaffrey's not bad, but I'm saying – he, there's too much hype around him. He's not the best All back right. in the league. He's not the best back oh, in the league. I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't say he's... 99 overall. <laughs> That's Madden. We're not talking Madden. I'm saying there is... I can name four better backs right now on top of Oh, please. 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 King Henry. Aaron Jones. No. 
Uh, Elvin Kamara, Delvin Cook. All right, mm. no way because I, I'll give you, I'll give you Henry and Cook for Kamara. sure. Kamara has been playing very well. Jones been playing well, but he's he's. He's yes, I love I love Christian McCaffrey. He's I'm not he's, he's a top five Christian, back. Yes, he's a Christian, white running back. Well, that has nothing to do together. with anything. Yeah. Well, listen ah, to this. Okay, Mister like, Fullback over there. Yeah, fullback. Running back. Guys. So I feel like Christian McCaffrey is getting the Stephen Curry treatment, really? where where Steph was out this past year, and people would do their top five. Uh, yeah, you know? I like that. And so I feel I like Saquon's like Saquon's kind of getting it too. Sa- Zeke, oh dude, I could go on for days. Oh, like come on. Come on. Saquon and Christian McCaffrey, Derek there's the a reason the why they were always picked one and two in fantasy because they are production. Yeah, they right? put up numbers. They put Christian up numbers. McCaffrey, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey this year. Unless you have the Giants, three games. Line. That's true. Yeah. Twenty-eight total yards for my first round oh, draft pick. Gosh. Christian McCaffrey is averaging 125 yards per game and He's two touchdowns in three games. In three games. He's played in three games. He's played games. the Chiefs. I don't care. The Bucks, who have the number top three defense. Oh, and uh, week one, they played the Raiders, and the Raiders have a the top Raiders defense. The Raiders have a good defense. So he's played too. the Jeff Chiefs, Heath, Raiders, wow. and Bucks. Shout out Jeff Heath. Shout out Jeff Heath. And he's averaging 125 total yards and two touchdowns in the game. All I'm saying is That's Mike impressive. Davis has been putting up great numbers with Teddy Bridgewater. I love Curtis Samuel, too. I love Curtis Samuel. Yeah. I oh, think I, he should he was, convert to running back and well, think about throw him in the backfield. They're, they're, they have good weapons. They Robbie Anderson weapons. and... Uh, Robbie Anderson dude, is coming solid. to his own. He's more. Is it DJ Moore? Yeah, yeah. DJ yeah. Moore. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Overrated too. DJ Moore is overrated. Okay, too. but still, for a young receiver, he's not bad. Yes, yes, correct. But I they think have a good they have a good core offensive group. Yeah. Do I think uh, Christian McCaffrey is the most important on that team? No, I think Teddy Bridgewater is. Well, most important, definitely, he's a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Like that's any NFL franchise. But if you PJ, do not have a quarterback, no. you're PJ, not going yes, to did a good job. We yeah. talked about PJ. So that's why I think it's going to be interesting. Not because PJ is going to come in and be the guy now for Carolina. All of a sudden, not. that's not happening, right? Coach uh, Matt Rule did say he said, "quote I'm talking about Teddy Bridgewater here. He's our starting quarterback. He's our leader. PJ came in and did a good job, got us to win. But Teddy's our guy, and I think." That's the obvious answer, right? You don't just yeah. have this guy yes. comes out for against the Lions and yeah. it, the Lions. points, yeah, the Lions, two interceptions in the end zone. <laughs> like that's not you're not going to be yeah. propelled into stardom out of that. But I think it was it's a nice going story. to be interesting. It's a great story. It's going to be interesting because he'll be a backup. Teddy Bridgewater now has a little bit of pressure. I don't think he's like, oh, he's not no going to take pressure. my job. But no, no, no. I'm just saying. Now he knows there is a viable option for a guy to come in and play behind him if for some reason he doesn't perform. Well, that's all I'm saying. PJ did come in earlier this year against the Falcons on a Thursday night game when Teddy, they uh, said like, he may have had a concussion yeah, for a little bit, yeah. and he looked horrible. I mean, the weather yes. wasn't that good, but Teddy came back in, and he balled. Yeah. And that was, again, without Christian McCaffrey. And so, but I think Matt Rule is not getting enough credit. Yeah. He went he to Temple, turned him around. Went to Baylor, Baylor, turned him around. Now goes to Carolina. Carolina should have been. One of the worst teams in the league this year. Especially losing. Well, Cam was kind of an obvious choice to get him out of town yep. just because of the new. You wanted to get like a lot of young Then McCaffrey there. goes down. How about Keekly? You didn't Keekly talk about Keekly. About Keekly. Yeah. Right? This is his that first year untimely retirement. That's literally their anchor of their defense. Like if right? Keekly that's is on team. that team, that is a good defense. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly. To miss out on a guy like that in your first year, especially when you're a new head coach trying to come in to establish like yourself in the building. Yeah. From one point of view, like. I don't know. You want to have young guys, but like having those anchor guys, like I think the that's, vet, a, that's a perfect player. word. That's veteran a perfect player. word. Like an anchor guy like mm-hmm. that who has been around the program for so long, like that would suck. 
And then your best player gets hurt. Exactly. <laughs> like, they should have been horrible. They should have been. And they've now been they're, competing. Now yeah. they just thumped the Lions. They have been competing. <laughs> every game they're competing, just like the Lions. Well, mostly every They almost beat the Chiefs. The they did almost beat the Chiefs. And Man. they almost beat, uh, what was a good team? They almost beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's very true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're in the same, they're in the same uh, division, right? Correct. Yes. yes. Yep. Them Which leads us into our next point. Oh, divisions. Cool. Oh, other divisions. Would Why you please you? tell yeah, me? So, please. with the NFL races, you know, it's, uh, I think it's what, week 12 right now? Yeah, week 12. Like to that, yeah. So, the NFC West is definitely the best division in football. We'll start there. The Rams, and Rams coming off a huge upset. Like, I did not think, I didn't think the Rams were going to be good this year. They lost Todd Gurley. I just didn't think that they were just going to be good. And they yeah. walked into Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. And, uh, and the Gronkineers. Yeah. The and <laughs> and made, well, Gronk, I mean, thank, thank you, Gronk. 25 yards won me my fantasy game. Thank oh, you. 25. But other than that, the Tampa Bay offense looked terrible. They can't. The Tampa Bay offense, I like, for every primetime game, they play very it's bad. So bad. But yeah. every other game, they're blowing they're someone like some, out. They're playing yeah, how they exactly. should. They're playing yeah. how they should be playing. Is, with do that you think, do you think Tom Brady is. Washed? <laughs> Would you well, say washed? Can, I think, can he not compete in primetime games? I think games? his Does deep he, ball might uh, might be a little washed because he's, he's Kirk, missed he's like Kirk Cousins curse. Yeah, he might have Uh-oh. it. Tampa Uh-oh. Bay, Tampa Bay's got the Kirk Cousins curse. The primetime curse must be Michigan quarterbacks. Michigan, Michigan State, right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, but what were you saying about Tom Brady being washed? I yes. think his deep ball is very bad. He's missed Antonio Brown in back-to-back games. Streaking down the field. That's been a conversation for a point for a while. I think, very right? much. Yeah, yeah. and ball? you know the past two years, I think. In, yeah, even in New England. And let's let's not forget, like Edelman was his guy, and Edelman was an underneath guy. Yeah. And I feel like they're turning Chris That's Godwin true. into the next Julian Edelman. Unfortunately, I thought That's kind God, of interesting. I love Godwin, Godwin was a deep threat guy yes. too before. That's interesting. I didn't think about it like that, but you're right. Like, it has like to, James he could has sling been it. starting to they just almost have to cater to, it to. Yeah. And, like, that was the biggest talking point coming into this was because um, Bruce Arians, right? Bruce yeah. Arians, his style was Yuck throw it up, throw it up. Somebody's 50, getting 50 it. Ball. When we have receivers like Evans and Godwin, usually it's going to be our That's guy. That's how it was with Andrew because Luck. Yeah. It isn't a 50-50 ball. It's like a 75-25 when you have those guys, yes. right? So yes. that was the mindset. Then they're like, well, Tom doesn't really fit into that style. He's been in this structured system for so long. Like, he's not going to come in and do that. I, I think that's kind of interesting because – Which they're sitting Godwin at 7-4, like so oh, it's yeah, not you're, like – you're pretty comfortable. Yeah. You're yeah. comfortable – the NFC but South is very the Saints are still the Saints are a great team. Yeah, they are. They're they're always a great team, and I hate to say this because I love Drew Brees. I think he's the goat. But whoa, yes, big big, big drop. Um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> but the NFC South I like a lot because Carolina and Tampa Bay are the two teams in the middle. I think Carolina and the Falcons are out of it. But the Saints, yeah, is right. the Saints the best team? In the NFC. Are the Saints the best team in the in NFC? In the NFC? No. I guess better? you could probably make the I, argument that the Packers are playing better right now. No, the Packers are Against lost. the loss against the Indianapolis Colts? The Colts are underrated. Colts are underrated. Colts are underrated. Very underrated. We'll that, Carp. Don't but you worry. Very underrated. I don't know. I still think... I mean, I'm no Packers fan, obviously, but the Packers have been playing good football, and we've seen them, after a game like that, come back and bounce back incredibly. Now you're correct, because, the I mean, Valdez Stanley, yep. when he fumbled, yep. that, like, okay, it's one player, we're not all going to blame him, but, yeah. like, they were driving. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, especially against that, remember that Bucks game, uh, primetime game, where um, Aaron Rodgers had, I mean, he's been historically bad in Tampa, we talked about it a couple weeks okay. ago, mm-hmm. um, but... Coming out of that game, he had one of the best games of his career. For yeah. Aaron Rodgers is saying a lot. And right now, like... That was the Texans game, I believe. I when, think it was. I'm not sure. But... Um, Devontae Adams just went 
nuts. The NFC, I think, is just so much more competitive, at least right now. But, Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit about the AFC North? Well, I'm a little biased towards the AFC North, you know. I'm repping my home dogs when I said week one of the Division One Rejects podcast that the Browns would be going to the playoffs. Yeah, you did. And let's just say this. The Browns have the schedule to make it to the playoffs. Oh, and Lamar Jackson pops out with COVID. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, let's be real. The Steelers, I don't think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC. I think they're the best team in the AFC North. I'm never going to pick against Patrick Mahomes. He's so good. I love yeah. Please, I, please. Okay. Like just the Raiders games, game, please. the Raiders game on Sunday night. I'm I come back from work. I'm like, all right, the Raiders. Like I got Josh Jacobs. I'm gonna watch this game. Right. That was a grudge game. That was okay. A game. That was the a, boss that the was stadium? the best game I've watched all year. Yeah, that was the best really game. Really and all year. you tell me, was there any doubt in your mind when Mahomes is dri- yeah when Mahomes <laughs> is driving down? When they gave up two minutes. I was like, game's over. Like, <laughs> let's be real. Like, it was like a minute forty seven. I was like. Yep, Derek Carr looking like Game. the kid from uh, Incredibles when he's yeah, super mad. Yes, he's like, yes. I'm not getting the ball back, <laughs> dude. No, because that was that was a grudge game. Remember, because they had um, supposedly they like took a victory lap around the stadium. The Raiders did after John they beat Gruden the would totally do that. Probably, hundred yeah, percent. Probably, but like, I don't know. That's not like verified. And Travis Kelsey yeah. said on busting with the boys. Shout out, pardon. Uh, Marshall Swartz. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> wanted to put up 250 yards against them because Jesus. he was so mad. He Kelsey's been balling. He did say that. Kelsey's Best been balling. Kelsey game. had 128, nine catches and a touchdown. Best tight end yep. of the game. And, and at the game winner. Like at the game winner. Which, yeah. where was the coverage on that? <laughs> Dude. It, literally, I, I saw something on Twitter. This was so literally bad. the easiest game winner. He just, he moved up in the pocket and was like, oh, Kelsey's wide open he in the end zone. there. That was bad. Touchdown. 20 yeah. seconds, yeah. not enough. He could have dropped and done a down for Derek Carr. would have been... Wide open. <laughs> like, if you think about it. Probably. Like that. Probably. And it's interesting because Lamar Jackson goes down with COVID, and you had that primetime game that would have made my Thanksgiving so much better oh, if I was able to watch that Steelers-Ravens game. But now, obviously, we have the ability to look back in hindsight and to say, like, that would have sucked. Now, if we, if we play that game, and then we come out, and we're like, oh, shoot, like, Lamar Jackson had COVID, and he's handing balls off to all these guys. And then, you know, oh, this and this and this. has to do contract tr- tracing and Eggs all this Mark crap. Mark Ingram got it. Exactly. Like, that would... That would be um, potentially, like, ending for the Ravens. I mean, if that actually happened, um, well, I don't know. But now it sounds like it look, head coach John Harbaugh said they might not be in the practice facility. They might not be allowed back in No way that Monday game's happening at the earliest. No, so, that game's not happening Yeah, Sunday. so that's, that's the next point is the game got postponed to what's supposed to be Sunday, this weekend, against the Steelers for that primetime game for the AFC North. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, Hunter... I'm looking at the Ravens schedule, right? Yep. The Ravens have Pittsburgh, right, on the road. They have Cleveland on the road, right? So, but we're, that's not the, the rate. I feel like the Ravens aren't in a race for second place in their division. No, they're, they're, they're in a race, race for the wild the playoffs. Playoff. Yeah, because they're in a race to make the playoffs. The, the, their loss to the Titans might have been, like, the biggest loss of their season. Because Probably. if the Titans don't win that division. King Henry. Yep. If the Titans whoa, whoa. don't win that division and the Colts do. The Titans own that tiebreaker. Yeah. And the Raiders, I don't think the Raiders are going to, like, lose out. I think my three wild cards right now would be the Raiders, the Colts. (laughs) Say it. And I like. Say it. Tua. I like the Dolphins. Baker. I like the Dolphins. I don't like Baker. No, I I don't like Baker. The Dolphins Dolphins do have a tough schedule. I I don't know what it is. I saw something. Is it Browns that have the easiest schedule? Browns have. Yeah. (laughs) Browns have. But it's the Jacksonville Browns, Jaguars. So, okay, win. The Titans, which would be a good game. Loss. They'll, they'll, uh, Baltimore Tennessee. at home. Loss. Win. 
Jets, Giants. <laughs> okay. The Giants yeah. are a good team. Oh, okay. 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 Washington's winning that division. And, I'm saying that okay. Right now. And let's just say this. Oh, so I saw something that. Uh, so about your Browns, I saw that yesterday they were when they were okay. talking about Washington. It says the Giants have a better chance of making the playoffs than the seven and three Browns compared to the three and seven Giants. That's because of the division they play in. I mean, let's be real. Yes, correct. Oh, that, yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm just. Sh- the I'm NFC throwing least. stats yeah. at you. The NFC no. least. That, yeah. They're, they're That's horrible. ridiculous, though. They have a better percentage yeah, or whatever. when you look at, like, win That's probability so and bad. stuff. Like, yeah. honestly, like... That's terrible. The Browns aren't making the playoffs. It's going to be the right. Steelers, Colts, Raiders. Because no. Tennessee's going to win the AFC South. Okay. AFC West will go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. Raiders come in second. And then I would say the Steelers win the AFC North, and then yeah, the Steelers are winning. Watch out for Miami, dude. I'm Miami's telling you right now, team. Miami's a good team. Fitz Magic had to come in um, for Tua and finish off a game because they lost to the Broncos. They did lose to the Broncos, who are horrible. They're not horrible. Miami's defense. Drew Luck. No, he he's going to be gone. horrible. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone. Be the he's gone. Block. He's like, gone. Yeah. Gosh. But here's the thing, though, about the Browns. Last thing I'll say, if they can win last one of those three. Versus the Titans, let's Steelers or Ravens. Let's just say they win one. They need at least two. No, if they win one they and win they win, one, the, I think they're good. And they win Jacksonville, the oh, Giants, and I the see, Jets. I see, I see. They're eleven and five. They're making the playoffs at eleven and five. Yeah, but once again, the Browns I feel like have Lions vibes, and you know one of those three games Lions you said Lions vibes. They well, might trap. lose. They oh, might drop those game. games. Trap no, game. Baker. The so Baker I've been is, watching the last three games, right? And yeah. they've been. 40, hey, it's his house. Yeah. Yeah, it's keys, honey. Baker Mayfield has the best <laughs> commercials on TV. Hey, shout out his agent because he is. Shout out his he's agent. He's gonna make a just, lot of money. Bro, yeah, he does a good job in commercial. Yeah. Like he's genuinely like, like a good, funny. He's yeah. genuinely funny. <laughs> he's pretty good. I'm not um, gonna lie. But yeah, let me get these crescent rolls. <laughs> That'll hold them over. <laughs> over. Bought around in the book club. Turkey. turkey day. So the last thing is the uh, the Browns have played in 40 mile an hour wins against the Raiders, <laughs> which totally affected the pass game. Which is crazy. 40 mile an hour wins. I did not wins. know that. 35 mile an hour wins against the Texans. Okay, but the Sean Watson the didn't team even play wants good. to run the ball. Exactly. When you have yeah. backs like Chubb and Hunt, you want you to should. run the ball. No, you, you, don't wanna, you don't want to throw it with Baker 40 times. Look at, so I look at the last game. It was the Bengals, right? Yes. It was the Bengals. We get it. But if you look at the offense they ran against the Bengals without OBJ, OBJ goes down, right? It's an emotional yeah. victory. Rip. And the weather was nice. Baker was slinging it. That offense was just completely but different. They don't want to. I know, but I'm just saying with the they can if they need to. But with That's the weather, I it's say just the Browns rather play in awful weather than play in normal weather. I would, I would say they rather because it it more fits them. Yeah. Than they're like that guy's uncomfortable. We're not. Yeah. True. That's I, 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 I also that. think on the flip side of that, it's it's a good point because in one of those three games where they have to win. Right? Baker's going to need to throw the ball. He's going to need to. It's going to come down to a, Unfortunately. I want to say a last minute, but like a fourth quarter possession where you need to go down the field and you cannot grind out an eight-minute yeah. possession. And here's the thing, though, too, is when you look at, like, Baker's getting destroyed sometimes on Instagram because he has less passing yards than Dak. You know, Dak yeah. has more, like, Baker has, like, three more attempts than he does. That is crazy because Dak was, even after Dak, he went Dak down, was throwing he was the ball holding. 50 he was yards, throwing the ball 50, 50 yeah. times a game, yes. The Browns don't throw the ball. They don't need to. They're... Like they're a good team, they're exactly. just not a playoff team. They need Miles Garrett back if they're going to make it uh, to the oh, playoffs. Oh yeah, COVID list. That was a For big sure. hit. That was mm-hmm. a big hit. And Denzel Ward potentially going out, but really, like we said, let's talk about the East mm-hmm. football team. The football team, the Washington, <laughs> the football hey, team from Washington. I'm betting on it. I bet you it's the Warriors. 
Washington Warriors. I got the Washington that's the Generals. Name. Generals. That's the name. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I've seen a couple that they didn't. They wanted to ditch Washington and like, for, Ooh, like totally like DC Destroyers. DC, DC Destroyers. That my defenders. My defenders. That'd be pretty I mean, dope. I'm not gonna lie. Defenders and destroyers. Having something like, especially like <laughs> the identity wise, like uh, you're not in Washington. You're in DC. Exactly. Like, I think. That'd be pretty dope. I I'd like be, that I'd a be lot. In for that. I'd never I'd heard of that, but I do name. like that. I'd be in for a DC name. So who's winning the East? Who's winning the Washington. I almost just said it. Washington. The they Red they Caps. play, like, not good teams. Raiders. No, I almost said Red like, Sox. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> it's to me, it's a two-team race between them and Dallas because I wouldn't even put Dallas in there. I think Dallas is a bad team. No, I think so, I too. But the, look at the other team. The Giants are playing Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, like and Daniel Baltimore. Jones. I like Daniel Jones. That's four losses. They're not winning one of those games. Wait, who who are they playing? Same again. Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nope. They're out. The Eagles. Out. The Eagles gets even worse. Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. I could. They have. I no could see shot. the Eagles losing out. Yeah. So could, so, so could I. So could I. Carson Wentz that, is the worst starting it's quarterback. It's Jalen time. It is Jalen time. Say, so given that, like your season is, for all intents and purposes, over. Right. Especially so should you go for schedule. sure. Should you move on? Like, Should you move? Just, you, just give him a just give, give him a try. No, give him a start, start real. because then no. But you run the, you run the risk then. Like yeah, like is he your guy? Like he better be because you you know like if you start him dude. over Wentz, like Wentz there's is out. No there. going back. Yeah, there's they no going drafted back. him in the second round for a reason. That's like, true. You but, don't draft okay, a quarterback green, in the second round. Green Bay, Green Bay, first green round. Bay, well, Jordan I mean, Jordan Love is going to take at least Aaron Rodgers is here for at least three more years. I would agree with that. Okay, especially with what he's playing like right now. But how long was Brett there before they started Rodgers? Three years. Okay, so that makes sense. That's yeah. just what they do. Those hey, they thought Rodgers was a bust. Damn Packers fans. Hey. <laughs> Always lucky with and, hey, You know Doug Peterson for the Eagles? Like He's, uh, a, crea- he's a creative yeah. guy. Yeah. Think of all he Indeed. could do with Jalen Hurts' athletic ability. I mean, look like at what Carson, he did with Nick Foles. Exactly. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, I'm telling Tripod, you. Tripod, Nick. I see Jalen. <laughs> Shut up, PMT. <laughs> <laughs> I see oh. Jalen becoming like a lesser version of Cam. I, that's why I, I could was about see to bring that. that up. I love Jalen Hurts. I was about I to bring Jaylen that up Hurts. because when Cam went over to the Patriots, that is a different brand of football oh, than they used to play. Come on, right? They, they've never, never had the luxury quarterback of power quarterback, yeah. with Tom Brady. <laughs> they've never had the luxury of having a quarterback do the things that Cam does. So for him to come in there and then be that guy who's like so multidimensional, it was almost—I would assume—it was like fun. For the, the offensive side of the ball, they just be able to experiment with different things. That's why Doug Peterson's probably just inching at the bit to be like, all right, Carson, you're gone. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I what, like their what, backfield, too. I like Miles Sanders. But that. once again, I don't. I see Washington winning this division behind their three running backs, I would say. McKissick, Barber, and the Gibson main guy, is Gibson. Gibson. is a baller. Three touchdowns yesterday. First, First time since Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Turkey day, baby. Turkey day ball. Man. It's always awesome. against the Cowboys, too. It's always, it always is. Let's round out Damn our boys. NFL talk here. Tom Brady versus Pat. We talked about it a little bit. Do we think this is the last time these guys meet? I see Tom Brady playing the rest of this year and next year. I think he's got two, I, yeah. two years on I his think, deal. Is that what he signed? I, he has two years on his deal, so okay. he got this He'll year play and next year. I can see them even drafting a quarterback this year. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe even in, like, the third round just to put him behind really Tom agree. Brady. Interesting. Or maybe you, know, you can't bring, bring back Jameis. Well, that would be the storyline. Can you imagine that? Famous That's like bringing back Caldwell. Dude, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's not going to happen. That would like be hilarious. Getting though. back with an X. It's like, hey, Nick Foles, remember? He left with uh, Philly. 
went on a little journey and then, and then came, came back, back and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like a Cinderella story. Hey, he has, he had a, what's the, and he's still I bad. Think. What Jameis get? <laughs> yeah, I think. Hey. Anyway, the round, so back this to that a, matchup. This is a deep Patrick QB. Mahomes. Did somebody say, thing you say did somebody say, <laughs> not, <laughs> this is a deep QB draft. Who wants to eat it? There's a deep one. Yeah, I just ate a W. For, the, for those listening, yes. I just ate a W on the couch. So Kyle Trask. <laughs> Kyle Trask from Florida. We're going to talk about like college football in a minute. But Kyle Trask from Florida is not getting the hype he deserves in car- as far as this draft. We talked about him last week. Um, I don't know He's if a beast. Listen, but in the Heisman conversation, we talked about Kyle Trask last week. I think and it's why he win. deserves to be, if not the winner, one of the either second or third oh, candidates for, sure. for the Heisman. Especially if Florida makes a run. Yes. Okay. Florida Agreed. beats Alabama in the top, CC championship. They're what, number like six or something right now? Yeah, they're... Top six, top six. And with that, let's head over to our conversation with Ari Curtis, who we had on a little bit later after Coach Garland. Joining us today after Coach Garland, awesome conversation with him. We've got the 6'4", 210-pound defensive end at Ellsworth Community College, former teammate of Hunter and Eyes at Lake Orion High School, where he was an absolute monster on the outside pass rush and one of the hardest guys to block in practice, I will say, when he was uh, giving it his all. And he played against uh, Drew Carpier, probably had a few uh, tackles in the backfield against my guy. Speaking of a guy who does not care about absolutely killing quarterbacks in fall camp, it's Ari Curtis. What's going on, Ari? How are you doing, Kobe? Doing great, man. How was uh, how's it feel to be home? Oh man, it feels great. I mean, to be honest, don't get me wrong, love Iowa. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard when you know your JUCO product. The JUCO struggle is real. So I, home I got great. you. You you got enough going on out in Iowa? Is it really just cornfields? Like as far as I can see. Uh, dude, it's nothing but for the in any hour, any like in any direction. Uh, it takes an hour to get to any place. That <laughs> or Cedar Falls, I, it takes an hour. So all surrounded by cornfields and pig farms. Man, Cade just visited a uh, an NAI school out there, St. Ambrose. Is that anywhere near you guys? Uh, it's about two hours. We actually had a scrimmage against them. Um, they're Did you back really? to back champions. Yep. Okay, so that might shoot. That might actually be uh, not a b- too bad spot to end up. They're uh. They're NAI, I believe, though, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, sweet. Um, when do you head back um, after your break? Um, I believe they're talking about heading back on January, like, 16th to run at time. That's, yeah. We're going to have a three-day quarantine when we come back. A three-day quarantine? Yep, we had a uh, – That's so all. When we came – yep, when we first came on uh, campus, we had a three-day quarantine, and then you're able to, like <laughs> – um, go around and do stuff. But you, it was still, like, mostly, like, stay in your room, only yeah. practice. And do of course. Do. That was good. Well, Ari, me and me and Kobe are looking at each other saying yeah. three day quarantine. That that seems pretty short to us. It does. Yeah, ten days up in the UP. That's what we've been doing. So exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Man. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, hey, take advantage of it, I guess. And it seems like you guys, especially compared to um, us in the GLIAC, it feels like you got a lot more football in as far as practices and scrimmages go. How much exactly uh, time did you get out on the field? Um, I would say about at least a good two hours almost every day, if not two hours. Wow. Two hours every day. Holy dude. We all just, yeah, we're all looking at each other like what? Like that's, that's awesome. I mean, you feel like you've been taking advantage of that and getting some, uh, getting some good reps in there. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, obviously when I came in, I wasn't, you know, the heaviest. I was still light from the whole Corona thing. You put on some pounds? I was like 193. That was my first coming in weight. What are you at right now? Right now I'm at like. 208.7, so basically 209. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Um, Anyways, you're still behind me, the 5'9 white guy here sitting on the couch. I'm at, uh, you know, 211. But, hey, you'll get there eventually. 
<laughs> Anyways, I'm going to play a few clips of your highlights here for the video version of the podcast. And I just wanted to comment on the fall camp. I believe it was fall camp um, of your highlights. And they've got you playing, before we get into that, they've got you playing this like um, outside linebacker type on the line of scrimmage, almost like a, like a flex type spot. What kind of position is that? What do you guys call it? So for us, it's a rush in, but my coach likes to call it the hybrid. Okay, yeah. I am. Yeah, that so, makes a lot of sense. You enjoying that? Oh, I love it. No one expects me to be coming to <laughs> from like the corner position and just run in and I just whack the quarterback. Like, it's, well, it's that's so got to be scary. I mean, you're too big to be coming off the edge like that. But I wanted to show these clips because are, are these QBs just fair game in practice? I mean, they've got different color jerseys on, but you come through and decapitate them, I think, on multiple plays, and it doesn't even look like they have any type of restrictions on the quarterback. So what's going on there? Um, so in fall camp, we're in scrimmage. Uh, the, my coach, uh, Coach K, Coach Feinstein, he yep. say that the quarterback is live. Man, so we're able to hit the quarterback, and he's live. He's basically food to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that is that. wild. I don't know if I've ever. I mean, have you ever? Like, I've never heard that before. Never heard that either. Like right into fall camp. Like heads up, you're about to get smacked by this dude coming off yeah. the edge. Man, for okay, me, but it was like a big. For me, it was like a big like. Wait, you said the quarterback is, is live? I've never yeah. had that in my whole life. Playoff. I mean, yeah, you get you get yelled at in practice when you uh, you know lay a finger on Blaze, our guy in high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna second guess him. I'm just gonna go. Let's go, man. All right. Well, what's your uh, what's your mindset been like playing at the JUCO level? We talked about that JUCO struggle, and it's real. Um, what's your mindset been like trying to get a shot to go play some big time football after uh, a year or two in Ellsworth? Um. So my whole thing is you gotta stay humble. Stay humble and stay willing to grind. Okay. If you don't stay humble when you grind, you won't you will not make it out of JUCO. JUCO is full of full of kids like myself who are coming in their freshman year. Then you got division one bounce back. Those kids are coming out already coming from division one. Interesting. Big, ready and hungry. So oh. if you're not willing to out to, to beat them out, then you're not gonna really go nowhere. So right. my whole thing is I wanna make sure that I produce good film yep. on top of my grades because without cause there you a lot go. of kids go to JUCO, they're there because of grades. Yeah. And, and some, like most of the division bombbacks might be there because of something stupid they did, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I think it's kind of funny, too. I think um, after watching some of, like, the Last Chance U and some of that, I think people have almost glorified that JUCO experience a little bit and just be able to go out and ball out without many restrictions. But how um, – has that been, I would assume, pretty different from that type of experience, or has it been pretty accurate? I mean, it's pretty different because you get to live the real thing. It's yeah. Not just TV. Exactly. Like, okay. The last chance you were, I'm going to be, if I go with you, I'm going to be on TV. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And dudes were doing that. Like, that was a real thing. Like, dudes were transferring. And obviously, like, between uh, East Carolina and was it like, Liber or Independence, right? Independence. Independence. Yeah. Independence. So, between, like, those two schools, there were legitimately guys going out of their way to go play there because, you know, either A, they thought they were going to get more exposure from being on those those Cameras shows and things. Yeah. Like but, like, I mean, there was a, there was a legit like phenomenon that was going on. So I think you said it, it's been a pretty humbling experience so far. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Um, we had coach Garland on. We just talked to him a little bit earlier about the process of playing at a junior college. Uh, he played at Grand Rapids uh, community college here in Michigan before. I mean, that's no longer around, but getting him, uh, getting the most out of his experience. What has it been like to be coached by uh, coach Garland? Man, I'll tell you, it's, it's a great thing. Um, I, yeah. you know, as much as I love coach Gannon back in high school, yeah. you know, coach Garland, is still he's a great coach. That's awesome. Coach. Yeah, like, he, uh, he he really takes the time to to sit with you and, and actually be like he's not just a coach. He's a he's like a a, a big friend too. 
That's exactly what he said. That's that is exactly what he said in his uh, little interview there. So I, I love to hear that. That's uh, that's really how it is because he seems like a super genuine dude. We talked to him about, um, you know, he's obviously a D line coach, that position uh, type coach. Uh, he really has. He said no aspirations to be a maybe defensive coordinator or head coach at the next level. He really just wants to, you know, rise up on the rungs of being that position coach and that D line coach. I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you think about that? He's, he's perfect fit for it. Really perfect fit for it. Okay, I, mean, I believe he could do it. He's, That's awesome. He's always so. In fact, he'll give us tips, tricks, everything like that, like a normal coach. But then again, he he won't just tell you how to do it. He'll show you how to do it, give you the breakdown of how it's done and everything like that. So you're not just sitting there wondering, like, okay, well, you told me how to do this, but how do I really do it? Like, yeah. How are you going to show me and break it down for me? Players, coach, man, sounds like yeah. Uh, he's a, he's the type yeah. of coach that gets his hand sounds in the like dirt. That sounds like yep. Coach Robinson, Drew. Like the yep. dude, he's going to go out there with his cleats on and he's going to show you because that does so much more than um, just talking about it. That's awesome, but. Uh, kind of rounded it out here in high school. I know you had teams from GLIAC and MAC that were definitely interested in getting you on campus, Ari, just because of your play and your size and all these things that you've got going for you. Are you trying to keep in touch with these guys, and how do you make sure to keep those connections for when you're out eventually of Ellsworth? Um, Twitter. Twitter? <laughs> Twitter? There you go. Twitter there you go. Yeah. I'm just Twitter and just trying to email coaches. Um, I think – when the division when the division one season ends, I believe they're about to end it. I already ended. Um, I mean, up to date, I've been stuck with school and all that. But yep. um, I just try to update my film on Twitter, follow as many coaches as I can. If they have DMs open, DM them, send at least twice a week. Like, don't just send my film either. Send a nice little paragraph. I didn't know, like, why I'm sending it to them. But I'm not just, like, some random kid, like, hey, you know, I want to offer. Yeah. I get an actual connection with them. Good for you, Ari. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I mean, way to have like dedication. The, yeah, like the actual you know willingness to go out and separate yourself because obviously those coaches' DMs are going to be just absolutely clogged with everyone. Hey, check out my film. Check out my film. And nobody, nobody wants to see that. Like I, if I were a coach, at least I can't you know speak from experience. Obviously, yeah. But, but like, if you see a kid write a paragraph like that's like, oh, he wants to talk to me, not just hey, film. Hey, Ari, so this is Drew here, you know, the guy you sacked apparently a couple of times. <laughs> I wouldn't remember. Um, but so you watch Last Chance U, right, and you see a bunch of JUCO teams. They have, like, pipelines. Like, I feel like Ole Miss, Auburn were pipelines for um, Last Chance U in the first season at least, second season, I think. Um, does Elmhurst or Ellsworth have any, like, pipeline, like, schools that come calling? Um, to be honest, I wouldn't know. This is my first year of being there, so – I'm not really sure, but I know we get a couple, like, uh, close Iowa schools. I know we get a, a couple of Division twos. Um I've seen a couple of guys when I first came in. Um, I know a couple of guys had an offer to Davenport here okay. back in Michigan. And I know a couple of guys um, this year who have uh, who had offered to Davenport. So, straight for Davenport. A couple of Division one schools. I'm not sure which schools exactly because, like, again, I'm a freshman, so I wouldn't know what, who came last year. That's um, an interesting but, point, yeah. Um, I think that, like, the pipeline thing, that's interesting. Because I, I guess out of high school you see that a lot, but I guess it kind of is the same type of idea. You'd assume they go back and keep looking for that talent. Um, Coach Garland said, I know you had guys com a guy commit from your team to uh, University of Houston pretty recently, and then he said you had a couple guys go um, to uh, Western Michigan, I believe he said, and a couple other areas. How uh, awesome is that looking ahead for you, seeing that these guys ahead of you are going to play some big-time football? It's, it feels good to me. You know why? Because I'm – I'm in a position where I feel like my coach, it's not just me helping myself, it's my coach and me helping me. So awesome. putting forth out there as long as me. I yeah. feel like he sees that, like, if he, as long as he sees that you're putting forth an effort and you're recruiting and you actually want to do and go somewhere and be great, then he's going to put forth that effort to, to push you along and make sure you make it. 
All right. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, that outlook and that perspective. It sounds like you're uh, definitely getting things done there, and I love the uh, the willingness, like I said, to go out and put yourself out there. So wishing nothing but the best for you in the future, Ari, and appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. See you, Ari. Great conversation with Ari. Yeah, that was that was good to hear him again. I loved his uh, his outlook. He seems like a like a changed dude. Yeah, a little bit. Would you yeah. agree? Some I mean, big words coming out of him. I think like his mindset of being like, I'm gonna send this coach film twice a week, and like I'm gonna separate myself by like typing up an actual paragraph and like catering messages to each individual coach and maintaining those connections. Like that shows a lot of uh, I don't know what the word is. I guess fortitude of like just like sticking with it and like obviously that humbling experience at the JUCO level. Yeah, it was very cool to just hear him say that, and also like like you said, different experience. Juco made, Juco product. The Juco struggle is real, supposedly. That's what he said. That's what he said. So go, no, uh, go Ari. I'll be rooting for him for the rest of my days, and hopefully I see him on big screen Saturday one dude, day. hell yeah. Let's do well, that. Um, it's no last chance you out here. Well, one thing I will say about Ari as a competitor, because you guys saw him both as teammates. Yeah. Um, Wait, we you were, had to block him. I had to run against him. So, I mm-hmm. mean, hey. yeah, I, yeah, I competed yeah. against him. Um, but when you're watching him on film, he just has so much potential. Yeah. His so body much. frame, raw, his quickness. That's the Juco thing we we're talking Juco about. We talked about that off the show a little bit. Like, just the raw potential of these guys at the Juco level. He fits it entirely. Like, we would watch film and be like, I mean, going into junior year, um, 28-7, but uh, we, we didn't know who number 15 was. No. And then we were like, wow, he's so, pretty good. Yeah, and then senior year, he really broke out, which was... Uh, <laughs> You know, obviously awesome for him to do. But uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, college football talk. I want to talk some uh, Big Ten, which we're all very much more familiar with, I would assume, because of, you know, it's the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, the most shocking thing for me has been Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern. We talked at length about them last week, right? Um, Zach and I did. And they are on top of the Big Ten West after a statement game against Wisconsin, who has been the leader of the Big Ten West for a large time. I mean, Nebraska's had a couple years where they've been up there. But Wisconsin, they Iowa too. got taken advantage. Iowa actually has been up there. You're yeah. also correct on that. But Northwestern, what's been keeping them in games is their defense and their turnovers and them getting the ball from other teams. 100%. And that bodes terribly well for Michigan State, who not only <laughs> loves to give the ball to other teams, but has a quarterback that has just been as inconsistent as they come in Lombardi. I'm pretty sure they benched him for... Thrown last did week. They? they did I, halfway through the game. I did not know that. Saw it on Twitter. He threw a touchdown and an interception. My dad somehow believes thrown. they're going to beat Northwestern this weekend. No I don't way. think Northwestern. So. No, I no. think Northwestern is the best. Uh, Northwestern wins out in that division behind behind Indiana, behind Indiana and Ohio State. Ohio State. I think Let's they're not the best it. I mean, team. Really. Wisconsin Wisconsin's overrated. Good, but they're, they're a good team, yeah. but I Northwestern think Northwestern's for me, better this year. So for me, I, I mean, they beat them. So. Yeah, true. They've kind of covered up some of their fundamental errors and like weaknesses oh, because sure. of their defense and their turnovers. I think it'll be interesting to see if they have a statement game against a good team where they don't get the turnovers that they need, if they're still able to win and rely on their offense that has been somewhat lackluster. They put up, what, 17 points against Wisconsin? Get yep. Wisconsin's got a good defense. They do. They have a solid defense, but when they have to rely on that offense and that, some, I guess you could call it a weakness... That, for me, will be when I say they're just behind Ohio State and Indiana. Okay. So, Northwestern, they play three teams, right? And they could win out. That's why I say they win out. Five and nine between those three teams. Michigan State, Minnesota, and I forget who the other team is, but... Northwestern will win out. Yeah. Yes. Well, Minnesota... Are you, are you trying to talk about, like, a college football team? No. College yeah. football playoff team? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> because yeah. their offense needs to step up. They are ninth in total yards per game. For the Big Ten, yeah, ninth in passing, eighth in rushing. Yeah, there is no way solid, but like not, not really. I mean, not really not top of the Big Ten West. Exactly. Yeah. No. And when you are going to have to play 
the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten Championship, dude, you're not going to beat them with those numbers. Rolled. You're going to get rolled. I mean, it's yeah. funny we talked. I mean, unless Justin Field pops a COVID test, and we got, they probably got some <laughs> Joe Burrow guy behind sitting them on the bench, yeah, just waiting, 100%. like a Clemson with uh, like Clemson. Uyunglele, Uyunglele, Uyunglele. Hi, how about that? Yeah, I can pronounce it. Um, but anyways, <laughs> it was funny to, uh, you mentioned talk about Loa. Anyways, you mentioned it. You're the Michigan guy here. I just oh looking back. I'm not. I'm not, not bashing anybody, but looking back, it's so funny to me how hyped up that Minnesota Michigan game was. That was the prime time <laughs> game. That was the winner of this is going to the college football national playoff type I experience. I texted you the next day and said Michigan State is about to get rolled. Joe yes. Milton's a dude. Joe Milton's not the starting quarterback anymore. Yeah, and it was <laughs> they're like, missing McCaffrey now. They're missing McCaffrey. This compilation of good. tweets that I saw, it was like um, back in 2017, like, oh, don't worry, Michigan fans, the Once Wolverines have finally this guy. found their guy, Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson. Then the next one was like, we've got a guy, Heisman winner, Joe probably Milton. Joe Milton. And then a tweet from yesterday, from last week when McNamara came in, Cade right? might be the guy. And it's like. You know what? Yeah, Michigan, like what you just said. a lot of down things from today, but the one good thing, Michigan finally found, found their guy. How about this? How Man. about we finally find a head coach? <laughs> oh, he deserves Man. to go. So, to Harbaugh, do you think when he does, you think he's done after this season? No, do I, just, think it's I, don't, I don't think they'll ever fire him. I think he's a lifer just, there until he wants to dip. Honestly. What if he wants out? If he dips, I, I just don't see where Michigan could I go. Believe, not this year, I believe next year's is he's done. I believe his is it is his contract up this year or next year? I think it's next question. year. That's a good question. But they were negotiating before the pandemic, and then it stopped, <laughs> and he brought it up, and they were like, "We're just not worried about it right now." But I mean, there's got to be a little hostility between the two sides. Has to right be. Now. He's never won a so. game against Ohio State. Yeah, and he's not. No, no I said this. I we talked about this all like last week, but like. It's still relevant conversation because, because they barely beat Rutgers. Because That's he why. continues to be mediocre. Was it three overtime, two overtime? I think it was two. Two, two, two overtime. And Rutgers missed a field goal in overtime. Well, so did Michigan. Oh. I mean, but still, like Quinn, Nord- Quinn Nordine was the guy that Harbaugh slept over at his house, and I don't know what they did there, but <laughs> he's been horrible at Michigan. <laughs> like, what happened? Jeez. He was a five star kicker, a five star <laughs> or four or five star kicker, wow. and he. So I think he's kicker. got four field goals. He, so he's got a leg. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't have a freaking life. He's got the Wild Thing haircut from Major League. That's dope. That's nice. That is Ricky dope. Wild Thing Vaughn could kick a better field goal than that. Maxion, Kobe, why don't we get into that? Now, one more thing. One more thing before we go into Maxion here. I want to talk about the East a little bit. We already mentioned Ohio State and Indiana, which uh, that's the two-way race right now at the East. But instead of the usual Penn State, they're 0-5. Well, they, they lost. 0-5. Yeah, 0-5 now. Last Surprising weekend. Surprising year. That's the first time since, like, 1970, I want to say. Somewhere around those lines. Oh, like it's, it's horrible. It is, like, a historically bad season for Penn State. Um, that Ohio State-Indiana game, how much How much did we see of that? We watched that game? Oh, watched yeah. the whole I mean, game. It was, awesome. it was a good game. Best, only awesome. game I watched now, start to finish on Justin Saturday. Fields looked a little bit vulnerable at the beginning of that game. Three interceptions. Yeah, uh, no, yeah uh, more than two. A, or three? two. I think it was, so two. it was two. I could be wrong. Three. But oh, either way. Either way, he was picking, throwing them. Either way, he was throwing them things. Yeah. He was, he, that was, like, a chink in the armor for Ohio State, right? I, that's for a little me, scratch on the best card. Ex- yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a good, that was a solid yeah, reference. That was, a that was solid. One. But Indiana kind of proved they can hang with the best. And they're ranked, I want to say like number 12. 11 12? or 12. Okay. 12, yeah, like they're that. somewhere in that top 15 range. Um, but after that loss, obviously they're going to need, that's an uphill battle for them. And it's Which, interesting because with the Big Ten right now, they don't have the rest of the season to build that resume back up. Oh, right? for sure. No, like, it's so interesting. Like, I don't I th- it kinda, like that game sucks. was going to decide what who the Big Ten 
was going to be in the college football playoff. That's like if Indiana won that, yeah, that was going to be Indiana. That's why that's non-conference games are so important. You know, yeah. when Ohio State like scheduling Oklahoma, when Ohio State scheduling Oklahoma, Resume Michigan builders. had Washington. Yeah, it's like oh, they won their conference and they beat this team. Well, now we've got Washington, Utah on. Um, I think it's on Saturday or yeah, tomorrow. Because Washington, remember Washington reached out to BYU, yeah, to see did. if they wanted to schedule. And BYU was like anytime, no. any place, and they no, said thank you. no. But now we've got and Washington, Utah this weekend, mm-hmm. so that'll be. I mean, Washington should win that game, but I don't, I don't know. Um, um, I guess we'll see. Back to Penn State, yeah, because obviously College Game Day was thinking about coming to this game. Michigan, Penn State, it's a great rivalry. Um, Penn State's defense is just bad. Yeah, dude, their ter- their whole team but is not good. They're better than Rutgers. So it'll be interesting to see. Harbaugh hasn't named the starter. We'll see who it is. How about the uh, defensive tackle? Quarterback-wise, he's named the starter? No. Interesting. Um, how about that defensive tackle from Rutgers, the Michigan transfer? One four. Who had a day yeah. against Michigan State earlier in the season, and then again and against his former team. Yep. That was sweet. Cool storyline. Awesome. Good yeah. for him. Cool storyline for he's him. From, he's from New Jersey. They said that in the thing. So, like, so it, it kind of came home. Coming home, yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, that's... Shoot for a local guy. Rutgers football I'm coming home. If your if your quarterback is number zero, you automatically have drip. Dang. Quarterback should not be wearing number zero. It's so and bad. yeah, quarterback <laughs> should not be wearing number zero. I love a running back, wide receiver. Go crazy. Return specialist. Return specialist. No quarterback. Better than wearing ninety eight. No number forty. Devin Gardner. Ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember that. Jesus. <laughs> the patch. God, Gosh, man. so bad. All right, bring action. Maction. There it is. Let's wrap this thing up with some action. Western Michigan, 3-0 after a big rivalry win over Central Michigan last week. And they've got Northern Illinois this week, who's 0-3. So a big-time start for the Broncos. I want to say, at Northern, dude, we've got like four or five guys from Northern Illinois for whatever reason. Like, dudes must be transferring out of their left and right. I don't know why. I just realized that just thinking about that. You have some transfers? We've got a good amount of transfers. Got some good transfers? Yeah, 10 straight. Probably going to be um, tech. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, back, to, back to the Maction here. Maction. There well, it is. Northern Illinois, 0-3 start. Western, over 620 yards in their winning against Central and the QB throw over five touchdowns. Wide receiver, I forget his name, but he had over 200 yards in the day. He's that so. little baller from Central, that quarterback. A little chubbier. Big cat. Little chubby guy, yeah. Big, big cat, cat was all. He was like, he's like, look at the chubby QB. football guy. <laughs> yeah. football oh guy. yeah, I remember. I saw that. I don't the know the central guy. Anyway, is the Western Michigan and the Central Michigan rivalry dead? Is it really a rivalry if Western kicks their butts every year? It was a pretty close game. It was like a one or two score game. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Bad. Is it dead? They've won like four, like six straight or something like that. Not as bad as 10 straight, is that It's right? not as bad as 10 Oh, straight. yeah. <laughs> come on. Hey, hey come on. Give me some. I was saying, if you're going to say. Shout out. We're talking Michigan Shout Tech, out. Northern Michigan, for those of you who are not residents of the Upper Peninsula. Um, but I am not. I'm anyways, glad you're not. Anyways, if you're going to make the argument that that's dead, you could easily say that Michigan Tech and Northern is dead if it's 10 years compared to six. But I feel like that is that still. Rivalry no, will rivalry will never die. Exactly. Rivalries, <laughs> that's, 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 that's like the thing. Rivalries will never Because die. they go yeah. through phases. Michigan, Michigan yeah. State. Michigan, Ohio State. Like, come on. That's like that's gone yeah, through okay. so many There's phases. Sorry, on this year. I spoke. I spoke out of turn. Kobe, <laughs> Maction. Hey. Miami, Ohio. Let's talk about Miami, Ohio. One right. and two coming off of a MAC championship last year, where mm-hmm. they beat Central oh, in yeah. the MAC championship. So I don't know where I'm talking though. Yeah, I might just be really coming things out of my speaking everything. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey still overrated. <laughs> so let's talk about the Buffalo. 3-0, Westerns, top of the 3-0. Do you think the championship will be still be at Ford Field this year? Good question. Or do you Great think question. they're going to be think, like... I think, think it would be really cool. Be at Ford Field, I would assume. 
Uh, I think it's confirmed that it was going to be at Ford Field. Well, if, before if we it happens after before we got shut down, that yeah. was confirmed. I think it would be really cool because um, not just because like they could pick the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium or the Browns because they're allowed to have fans there. Mm. The Lions Ooh, too, that'd be cool. That'd have, be cool. Lions aren't going to have fans. So if they went there, plus it'd be outdoor game like Army Navy and COVID compliant oh, outdoor. Yeah. Hey, yeah, COVID compliant. A little bit more COVID compliant in an outdoor situation. Um, yep. back to what you said about Western and Central. Yeah. I checked this guy on CBS Sports. I forget his name, but they did bowl predictions. And I don't know what the like current bowl status is, but Michigan, Michigan, or Michigan, Central Michigan, and Western are going bowling. Sparty and Eastern, though, not really? interesting. But I don't know what the like because usually yeah, six wins. I, can see Spart- I think it's I think it's maybe four wins this year. Spart- or, I, Spart- I don't Spart- think Big it's Ten. Big Ten's getting like eight games, but the MAC are only getting six. They're getting six games in the second. So it's got to be, like, yeah. Yo, so Western Michigan's 3-0. The worst they can do is go 500, and they're not going 500 Western, because they've got that game against Northern Illinois this weekend. Western row the boat, of course, but they should not be 3-0. Toledo really? choked that game. They I don't know choke. if you guys remember that. That was week the onside one. Was that week No, one? that was week two. Two, okay. Sorry. The onside kick. I did see that. Then they throw it up on the fake. I think it was like a fake spike or something. Like it was like wow. a controversial or thing, and Toledo should have. Toledo was up 14 with like yeah. two minutes left. Yeah. I know Kent State's on top. Um, in the on the other side of the MAC, it's Buffalo's three um, and zero. Yeah, Buffalo Kent State's, State's on top, I think, right now. But um, like you talk, like six games only for MAC teams. That's going to keep you. I mean, you can be bowl eligible, sure, but like that's going to keep you away from some of the better um, oh, for sure. competition bowl wise. Yeah. You just don't have the resume builders. Like the same thing is the issue with the Big Ten. But it's and like it's matching. They don't need a resume builder. They're just they just want to be in a bowl. I guess I that's true. That's probably true. It's in not that like sucks. the Big Ten. The Big Ten, that's like sucks, if you're a team in yeah. the Big Ten, you're like compete for a playoff spot. Like Michigan, Michigan State, or like one Ohio State, they always compete for New a top eight spot. Yeah, New Year's Six Bowl. But like, if there you're you thinking of matching, you're thinking of let's get to a bowl this year. Let's go let's to the Bahamas. Let's go to the Bahamas. Yeah. Let's go to the Buffalo let's Wild Wings Bowl. Or something. <laughs> let's get a vacation. Let's go play some football and have a good time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That kind of is. But anyways, that's all we've got today for Division One Rejects Episode Ten. Maction. A little bit of Maction. Big Ten. A lot of Lions talk. Some great guests. Um, but what do the Lions have next week. The Lions next I week? I don't know. I don't care. That's a great question. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. How about gone. this? So we can answer this next week. Patricia fired or not by next week's start. If Patricia. That'll be our, that'll be our piece next week. Hot take. No. What's hot your, take. Your prediction? He is still here next week. Unfortunately. I hate to say he is still here. Unfortunately. I want to And I Jimmer's hope I'm wrong. Thinks. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I'm i going to have to go with Hunter. I don't think I'm going to get rid of him. I, the Lions do not. Have, I don't think they're going to get rid of them. They're not going to pull the trigger. Yeah, don't care. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit. Still don't care of a different conversation next week. But that's all we've got for this episode. Ain't nobody one cares. <laughs> check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and if you've been watching on YouTube, you've been in for a treat because all of our faces have been blessing you for that the past man hour. Is a bona fide scrub. <laughs> and on that Jeez. note, have a great weekend. Watch some great football. See ya.